sisters are doing it for themselves. This is Chapter 8 of Author Talks with Lisa T. And coming up, I chat with author Suzanne Elaine about The Ladies Rewrite the Rules, her latest Regency novel, featuring a group of women who decide to try and turn the tables on high society and the patriarchy after the discovery of a little black book. Your book is so much fun. I read it front to back in one day in a couple hours. We have a widow who finds herself listed in a book of eligible and moneyed women and basically takes that information and turns the ton on its head when she gets her hands on it. And I hear this was actually based on a real directory. Yes. Yeah. So I stumbled across this directory a few years ago when researching one of my previous Regency novels. And um, it was published prior to the Regency. It was published in 1742. But it's a real actual directory that an impoverished younger son (laughs) had printed so that um, young men like himself, who couldn't afford to get married, possibly, unless they married a, a woman of means, would have that opportunity. So he printed this directory. And it just started me thinking, well, what if you were one of the ones <laughs> that he had put in this directory? And I mean, he really like today we would say he doxed them because he put, you know, their all their details, uh, you know, names, kind of where they lived, how much money they had in the bank. So it, it was pretty it was a pretty detailed listing. I think when people think of this time period, They don't think of men marrying for money. I think people always like to think, oh, it must be like the daughters are being married off for money. So can you explain a little bit how this would have worked, why this would have been an upward move for for these younger sons to to, to get there to marry these women? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I don't know that I'd ever really thought of of how it's not just impoverished young women who couldn't. Um, necessarily make a, a match, you know, if they didn't have, um, they couldn't get married. Like Jane Austen's sister was engaged and she was never able to get married. So it, it was like if you either of you didn't have money, <laughs> you actually couldn't get married because you couldn't afford to set up house and, and to have children and to do all those things that are necessary. So it was actually, I was watching a, a documentary by Amanda Vickery and um, she's a British historian, and she was talking about how these younger sons, you know, had this dilemma. And and I watched it a few years ago, but I remember, I think she even read from a letter where this young man just was so lonely and really wanted to get married, and his circumstances prohibited from him from that. So it was a real thing, you know, these younger men who weren't the heir, they didn't have the fortune. They couldn't afford to get a wife. Now, your book isn't any sort of tragedy. This is a fun story, <laughs> a fun romance story. So tell us what the the characters in your book, the women in your book do when they find themselves in this, I guess we could call it, little black book. Yeah, so it's definitely not a tragedy. So they decide to turn the tables on the men. So they feel like um, they've been the ones who've always had to be you know, the men pleasers, the people pleasers. And this is their opportunity. You know, if the men want to marry a fortune, they have to work for it. So they're they're going to make them do so. And it's interesting. I wrote this before the Barbie film came out, but there's 
a speech that's given by one of the characters, Lady Regina Townsend. Um, and it was funny. After I saw the Barbie movie, it reminds me very much of the speech that America Ferreira gave about kind of what women ha- are have to um, endure or go through or what's expected of them. And she makes a similar speech when she finds out she's on the list along with the main character, Diana Boyle. So um, I just think it it was it was nice timing for this book, like right after the Barbie movie, uh, to see kind of a similar story play out, but 200 years ago, and when things were even um, conditions were even more difficult for women. You know, it's fun to think that uh, maybe the the real life women listed in that actual book would have done something like your protagonist Diana does, but. I guess in the end, that really wouldn't have been proper in the, you know, the the milieu that that they were existing in. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because um, I tried to keep it somewhat era appropriate. So they're not doing anything that would would not be um, possible for them at the time. So you know, it, they had women had very few rights, so they're not all going out and running for political office or anything like that. But they are changing some of society's rules, which, you know, tended to favor the gentlemen and um, made it just so difficult for, you know, a woman and made her always feel like she was the one who had to mind her P's and Q's and just um, always conform. So it just they they don't you know, they don't do anything. I would say that's so outrageous for the time period, but they are able to participate in activities that maybe were considered more suitable for a man. So some of them like learn to drive a curacle or, um, you know, uh, learn fencing or something like this. So they do learn they do participate in activities that perhaps women at that time weren't. It wasn't as common, but it's still it's still I tried to keep it, um, you know, suitable for the period. I think one of my favorite rules that causes a debate among these these women is uh, is I also find it very unfair that if a, a woman refused to dance with a man at a ball or a social outing, she then had to sit out the rest of the night. She was if she refused, she was not allowed to dance with anyone else. Whereas the man could go and ask another woman like, hey, do you want to do this next dance? I know that was that was pretty egregious. I agree. So that was one I was very happy to have them break. But yeah, like you mentioned, the actual characters in the book are even shocked <laughs> that they would be permitted to refuse a gentleman and still be able to dance with a different gentleman. So yeah, that that is a very good example of the kind of very archaic rules that women were subject to at that time. And you touched on it a little bit with, when you uh, talked about Barbie, but, you know, modern society, we don't have the same rules, but yes, there are rules that, that women are expected to uh, uh, apply and, and keep in line with. Are there any that you can think of that you would want to rewrite now? <laughs> oh, wow. That's our question. Um, I know I put you, you on know. the spot a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, um, it's funny about the Barbie movie because some people were 
upset that so many of us identified with Ken. <laughs> and I felt the reason we identified with Ken was because he was actually playing the woman, the woman's role, you know, like in the Barbie universe, he had that role. So I guess I don't know that there are any rules necessary that I'd like to change. I do feel like I'd like to see perhaps attitudes changed. So the idea like Ken, he just could not get the respect that he felt, you know, like he's like anywhere else I'd be a 10. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, Barbie has to give him that speech at the end that he is enough. And I feel like that's somehow, some kind, sometimes how women feel in, in society where it's like, it doesn't matter what we do, you know, we don't necessarily get the same respect that a man in that role would get, or it's belittled, like, oh, it, you know, it's a chick flick, or, you know. So I just think um, if if there were an overall shift in attitude, that that would be appreciated, just like in, in the book as well, where she's like, you know, we always have to be the ones, you know, who have to, you know, we flirt, but not too much, you know, we do. It's like you can never quite satisfy this ideal and you're always striving to do so so that can be exhausting as a woman so I guess if I could see anything changed it would be that now when you were writing this book did you have that sort of not necessarily social message but this idea that you know it it can be unfair and want to promote conversation or do you approach it from, I just want to write a really fun story that people nowadays, even though it's set, you know, hundreds of years in the past, they can at least identify with what these characters are going through? I probably would say it's closer to the latter, although I did, I do think of the of the theme that I'm putting out there. Um, and I am, I'm always interested in kind of the treatment or the mistreatment of women in these historical periods. And so, you know, that that does play into it a little bit. I really didn't think about it as strongly as um, I guess I guess I did approach it as this fun story and this, you know, this this found item, this directory, which was just so amazing, this historical document and just how would a woman feel? I start that's kind of what sparked the interest in me. But um, then I think actually it was when we came up with the title that I actually started thinking, oh, wow, this does have kind of a, kind of a broader message and um, has that, you know, appeal for us women um, in just what we deal with in everyday life. And then, um, and then I think it was actually when the Barbie movie came out, I was like, and I saw kind of the similarities and I was thinking, wow, this, this, it's really interesting that this book does deal with these deeper themes, even though it's really just a rom-com and it's just supposed to be fun and light and uh, which I guess the Barbie movie was like that as well. So, And I should note for the record, you are wearing pink. Yes, I am. (laughs) So I didn't know this before um, I sat down to do this interview, but that the Regency period itself was only about 10 years. Um, But it feels like they that there's so many stories and movies and books that are set in in this particular time period. Why do you think that is? And why are you yourself drawn to to writing books set in this era? Yeah, you're right. It was a very short period. Um, 
I think the reason I was drawn to it and why, why many are drawn to it is actually because of Jane Austen. So I'm just a huge Jane Austen fan. I love Pride and Prejudice. I read it when I was a little girl. Um, I don't even remember exactly, like 11 or 12. And um, so that kind of started my love affair with, um, you know, hist- hist- even though hers wasn't a historical, it wasn't a historical fiction because that was, she was writing about her contemporary era. But just, um, yeah, that's when I fell in love with it. And she, like you mentioned, the Regency, she actually died um, towards the end of the Regency. So she wrote most of her work prior to the Regency period. But I think we all just identify that time period with her. And she even um, dedicated one of her books, Emma, to the Prince Regent, but it was actually she didn't want to. He requested that she dedicate um, a book to him, and uh, so she did. But from her writings, we discover she wasn't actually a huge fan of his. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's why. And then just, um, I don't know, I think even though like my book is about rewriting the rules of that period, I think there is some comfort in that there was some kind of um, social structure or this this, you know, society, London society that you could go to balls and, and, you know, that there was such a obvious, you know, courtship <laughs> um, method, you know, like that you could, and that marriage was just so much a part of society. So even though we know that it it's unrealistic to think that these people lived happily ever after, it's also appealing like with Jane Austen's books where you know it ends and where we can imagine that they lived happily ever after. I mean I don't think it matters where you come from. I think everyone thinks a ball would be so much fun. Yes I think so. (laughs) So your last book was you wrote it into a screenplay became a a a movie like a star-packed movie. Are you doing the same thing to this one? Yeah so um my agent and manager out in LA are shopping the book rights right now for this book. Um, like I said, it was good timing with Barbie coming out. So maybe there'll be a little, uh, there'll be some interest in that. But yeah, I'm not sure. It depends on, you know, if, if someone wants to make another period piece, it's hard to get those made in Hollywood. So the first one was just, it was amazing that it actually, you know, went all the way from, you know, script to production and finished, uh, released film. But um, but yeah, I mean, I would be delighted if they made this one into a, a movie as well. I would be even more delighted if Greta Gerwig directed it. <laughs> Greta, if you're listening. <laughs> and for people who don't know the backstory to, to that, your first book was, it was a screenplay that you wrote as a book because it wasn't, was, was that right? Or you started as a book, then you turned into a screenplay, and then it became a published book, right? Yeah, so I I had written Mr. Malcolm's List as the second book in a two-book contract. The publishing company went out of business because it was right after September 11, 2001. And so it kind of just um, in obscurity, and I developed it into a script, and that's what got the attention. It got picked up to be made into a film, and then um, the book got re-released in 2020 mass market, you know, to... So it was by Berkeley. So, yeah, that was it was a very um, not the normal route. (laughs) I was going to say you're doing it more the normal way now. Is it a little less stress inducing? (laughs) 
Yeah, it's it's less um, time consuming. That's for sure. Because <laughs> the first one was like you know nineteen years or something to to get to mass market publication. So this one, yeah, this one is coming out. You know, just a couple years after I wrote it, which is which is nice. <laughs> and what's what's next? Are are we staying in the Regency era? Or are we going somewhere else? Well, I did. I've already finished. Um, um, another book that's coming out December 2024, and it's called The Wrong Lady Meets Lord Wright. And I really love this one as well. I just think, you know, I appreciate that you said you laughed at the ladies rewrite the rules because that's my number one goal is to make people laugh when they read my work. So I feel like this one that's coming out December 2024 is just hilarious. And I think I, I hope that people will laugh uproariously. I have to ask only because I love wordplay. Is it Lord W-R-I-G-H-T or R-I-G-H-T? It is R-I-G-H-T. We we discussed that, you know, maybe naming him right. But then we thought, well, yeah, let's just, let's just, you know, use the symbolic. Make it easy for some, for some of us who maybe, you know, (laughs) don't get enough sleep before they, before they pick up books to read. (laughs) And finally, I just want to ask you, I know you must be looking forward to that book coming out in 2024, but that's towards the end of the year. What are you looking forward to for the next year? Well, you know, Ladies Rewrites the Rules is, you know, comes out in January, the very first month of the year. And I'm I'm doing a few um, book signings, like in my home state of Florida. And so I'm I'm actually looking forward to having January over. <laughs> Because it's it's going to be exciting, but it's going to be just really, really um, busy. So I'm I'm super excited that you know for the early part of the year, and then maybe towards the middle of the year, um, do some traveling with my husband. That's what I'm looking forward to. That sounds like a great plan for a year. And I mean, I don't think you're alone in hoping that January just goes away without <laughs> with uh, from where we are without much snow. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Susanna Lane, the new book is The Ladies Rewrite the Rules. Thank you so much for spending time with us today and talking about it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. And that's where we close the book on this chapter. Next time we delve into a romanticy where two people who love each other but also hate each other find themselves in the middle of a war between gods. What is a romanticy? You'll have to wait till next time to find out. Until then, subscribe to this podcast and follow me on Insta and X at Lisa T Books. I'm Lisa T. Keep turning those pages. <laughs>